the Lord be with you. And also with you. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility of Christ, here and now where the head of the Charles River reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day for our gathered congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later around the country and around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and your material support, your written, emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry and leadership service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
may we pray. Merciful God, who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation, give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms, and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 85 with the antiphon. favorable to your land, you restored the fortunes of Jacob. You gave the iniquity of your people, you pardoned all their sin. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and will make a path for his steps. Now please rise in body as you are able, but certainly in spirit, for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Holy Gospel of our Lord according to St. Mark, 
chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who will prepare thy way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight his path. Now John the Baptist emerged in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And there came out to him all of the country of Judah and all of the people of Jerusalem, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sin. Now John was dressed in camel's hair, and about his waist a leather girdle, and he ate locusts and wild honey, and he preached to them, saying, After me one comes who is mightier than I, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and to untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Your measure of spirit, Marsh Chapel, beautiful you are, is patience, that disciplined, prolonged, and focused long-suffering toward a great and lasting horizon. Patience, 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 Marsh Spirit. You know that we don't come to Christmas before a personal interview with John the Baptist dressed in camel's hair. You can't get to Bethlehem without pausing first along the River Jordan, at the bank or at least on the river. You don't sing the carols of Christmas, those of Charles Wesley and others, without first moving down into the roiling river of life as we know it this fortnight, this year, this century. The experience of loss, violence, injustice, misunderstanding, misapprehension, mistake. We don't come to Christmas Eve without a pause along the banks of the River Charles, I mean the River Jordan. For some years we have walked, as you have, along the Esplanade and along Bay State Road and along Commonwealth Avenue. It's a wonderful setting. We've come and found heaven on earth and the zip code is 02215. The buildings don't change. Kenmore Square, Marsh Plaza, the West Campus. 
We were told long ago you should take the river cruise, but only weeks ago, finally, we did. You get the boat down by the Science Museum and it'll take you all the way up under the bridges and back an hour long. And all of the location, situation, station, temptation, the physical reality that you see is what you already know. It doesn't change, it's your existence. The Sitgo sign and the trolley and the seven pizza shops, they're all there. But something's different, not just different, changed, not just changed, new. What is that? Your perspective is changed, your point of view is changed. Your angle of vision is changed, and that's what every sermon is meant to do in 21 minutes, and that's what every service of worship is meant for in every 61 minutes. The landscape is all the same, but the point of view, the perspective, is wholly new. Marsh, your spirit is one of disciplined long-suffering, over many decades in this space and place. What's different about the view from the river? A river cruise can change your views, but what's different? Not the physical plan. What's different is your angle of vision. You see, maybe you imagine yourself in the mind's eye walking, and what do you see? You see yourself as Others see you. You see yourself as the past might view you. You see yourself as the future might judge you. You see yourself as subspecie aeternitatis under the aspect of eternity. The angels in heaven might see you. You see as God sees you. Before we come to the smoking cradle, as Bart called the manger, we come down, down, down to the river, the dark, dank, misty experience of loss, injustice, violence, misunderstanding, miscommunication, misapprehension, mis. What a tremendous gift your communal spirit of patience is. In a personal mode, you remind me of a dear soul, very dear friend. Our, my wife Jan unexpectedly is gone this morning to attend four hours to the west, a funeral and a calling hour for our friend Vivian Benton Skeel. For 40 years, having been raised in a humble home in the Catskills, she taught French and English. She taught French and English in urban schools. She taught French and English in urban schools to middle schoolers. She taught for 40 years, living alone, caring for her elderly aunt who then died. And then at age 62, patient, 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 a man 20 years her senior, asked for her hand in marriage, and they were married and lived together happily thereafter for 10 years. She embodied your patience. She carried the role of financial secretary in the church. That meant that in December, 
she might place a phone call to you saying that you had pledged to give 12 months at this amount and it seems to me that you forgot one month and I'm in the church office, I'm off of work until 5 p.m. on December the 30th. And if you could come by, you might like to fulfill your pledge. And you know, though each one thought he or she was the only one, they made their tentative way up the sawdust trail, a postman and a banker, an attorney, a retired teacher, and each gave that one check they'd forgotten, and she offered a cookie and a smile. Patient she was. You might ask, well ask how I know anything about this, because I received a phone call saying, you know, Bob, I know you're the minister of this church and you made a pledge, but I think you forgot two months, June and August. Oh, no, I didn't forget. Well, you might just check your checkbook. And yes, then I made my way down the sawdust trail in a personal mode. We revere and honor the patient, the disciplined, focused, long-suffering that you embody. In a pastoral mode, looking back, yes, over the last fortnight and over eight sermons since August 31st that have already addressed this and one forum in early September, I might offer three thoughts in a pastoral mode about New York City and Ferguson, if you will, in addition. One theological, spiritual, one historical, critical, one moral, ethical. That is, as our conversation continues, though this sounds counterintuitive, we might begin with an ongoing rec recognition that we think and move spiritually, theologically first, in worship, in prayer, in study, in tithing, in gathering, that we are children of the living God. We and those with whom we converse, from po protesters to pol policemen and all, and all in between. We are not economic engines only. We are not political actors only. We are not cultural agents only. We are not partisan players only. We and those with whom we speak are angels in waiting human beings created, forgiven, spirited. So we might begin theologically, recognizing the scripture and ancient tradition that remind us of sin, death, and the threat of meaninglessness. The scripture and tradition that remind us of pride, sloth, and falsehood. The scripture and tradition that remind us of superstition, idolatry, and hypocrisy and the tradition that grounds us in our created goodness, the goodness of the living and loving God. If nothing else, such a recognition might help us to be better listeners. In the second place, we approach these matters historically and critically. Every church across this land has such a re responsibility, but a university chapel in particular so does. We are, uh, those who do not remember history are doomed to repeat it. The past is not dead, it's not even past. And our calling is to keep before us the long sweep of history. Several of you are finishing this week the reading of Cornell professor Edward Baptist's great tome, 
the half has never been told, slavery and the making of American capitalism. He gives the economic history, 1810 to 1860, of the second great migration and sale. International slavery being banned in 1808 did not stop 300,000 women men and children from being resold from the old South, Virginia and North Carolina, into Florida and Alabama, Mississippi and Louisiana, Arkansas and, yes, Missouri. And why? The land had been emptied of Native Americans, those who survived to Oklahoma. And in pursuit of cotton, the enslaved cleared the land, the enslaved felled the trees, the enslaved harrowed the fields, the enslaved planted the crops, the enslaved picked the cotton, and in 50 years with not a single technological advance, per person production of cotton doubled. How? Torture. Whipping. The separation of fathers and mothers from sons and daughters. The sale on that beautiful Baltimore Harbor that we so love for retail and revelry. The sale at $1,000 for a man and $500 for a woman and $200 for a child. To go down and fix King Cotton. And who benefited from the use of that free land and the use of that free labor? I even, even I could probably make a profit with free land and free labor, and the government collateralized debt backing it all the way. Who benefited? Everybody else, including mills in Liverpool and Manchester, England, and in Lowell and Lancaster, Massachusetts, and the bankers, banks, and coffers in the eastern seaboard cities of 150 years ago. Beautiful are their Outlines and buildings, Philadelphia, New York, Albany, New Haven. We might think of one or two other eastern cities whose history is so imbued. Historically, critically, we approach, if nothing else, it will give us a little bit more capacity to lament. We also approach morally, ethically, you need to act. You need to respond in your own particular way. We have had four events here near Marsh Chapel. You may want to participate in a lecture or a gathering or a parade or a protest as is your want. But let me ask you, having done so, good, good for you. And what next? Where are you going to find traction in history, whatever your particular perspective, without the ongoing support of a patient, spirited community of faith wherein you can find yourself in the pew, singing the hymns of faith, praying the liturgy of the church, growing with others around you who, like you, are trying to become better and better, more proximately human beings? Without the sustenance of a community of faith once every seven days, all the general calls for further conversation, well-meaning as they are, are misdirected. 
There's no bread for the journey. There's no nourishment for the trail ahead, no. Those listening on the radio and those present, for the days ahead, you need to act morally and ethically. You need a community of faith, a church home to love, a church family to enjoy, a church in which to grow into the crown, as Thurman put it, prepared you by the living God. How are you to respond to New York and Ferguson? Three ways. Theologically, spiritually, historically, critically, morally, ethically. If I may, in conclusion, offer not just a personal or a pastoral word, but a preaching word to you. We are a different community here at Marsh Chapel. Oh yes, our worship on Sunday, 1-14th of the week, the hour is liturgy, music, and homily. You recognize it, sacrament as well today. Three small groups before worship, three after. We commend to you the discipline of regular worship, participation in small group, and generous giving. But you know, other than that, we are a very different ecclesiology. Sometimes people take a while to get used to the difference and vive les différents, that is, in discipleship, we try not to be sitting on a whale fishing for minnows. We don't have the dean that is teach a course on Genesis in autumn. What do we do? We take you to hear about the Torah from Elie Wiesel himself. We don't have the chaplain teach a course on poetry. What do we do? We take you to hear Robert Pinsky himself. We expand the discipleship, and in every church we've been in looking back, near Cornell, McGill, Syracuse University, and the University of Rochester, we could have done the same if we'd just been a little smarter about it. In discipleship, we're different. In fellowship, we're different. Yes, we'll invite you. We hope you'll come to our open house next Sunday, Jan's and my annual open house at the castle following worship. But our fellowship expands way beyond that to take in together a hockey game, to hear the Benjamin Britten War Requiem, beautifully conducted by our own Scott Allen Jarrett, to go and see what Coach Jones is doing on the hardwood this week. The fellowship is regional, communal, university-wide, and it's open to all to you. And our stewardship is different, too. Oh, we commend tithing. We're a tithing, percentage-giving, disciplined community. We invite you to give today, either say $40 for part of our ministry or to support the purchase of pew cushions, or if you'd like, you might offer $4 million to finish the endowment of the deanship. We'd do whatever we could for your spiritual well-being. But between $40 and $4 million is a great deal of space. You'll find your place. Has the preaching of Marsh Chapel helped you? Has the music of Marsh Chapel touched you? Has the liturgy of Marsh Chapel encouraged you? Then you will want to find a way happily, happily to reciprocate, happily to respond, happily to build into the future so that those coming behind us will know the patience and the beauty of this sanctuary. It's limestone Gothic nave built to lift the spirit, its conic stained glass windows emphasizing the importance of persons, its caring congregation, and its defense of personality, its echoes 
of voices. We don't have a very large endowment. I mean, our, we'd like to have a larger one, but our endowment is vocal, not visible, audible, not audited, moral, not material, psychic, not physical, but it's here for you. Unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, Charles Wesley. Do all the good you can at all the times you can, John Wesley. Learning virtue and piety, Daniel Marsh. Hope of the world, thou Christ of great compassion, Georgia Harkness. People, all people belong to one another, Howard Thurman. Not the color of skin, but the content of character. I have a dream, Martin Luther King. Your endowment is this vocal, vocal endowment for the future. Marsh, your spirit is one of patience, patience, patience. A river cruise can change your views, and we don't get to Bethlehem without a little interview by that fellow in camel's hair feasting on locusts and wild honey. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face who will prepare thy way. A voice crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, Make his paths straight. And John the Baptist emerged in the wilderness preaching a baptism for the rep of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And out to him came all the country of Judah and all the people of Jerusalem. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. John was dressed in camel's hair, girded at the waist by a leather girdle and eating locusts and wild honey. And he preached to them, saying, After me comes one who is mightier than I, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and to untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit.
Please be seated. We welcome you once again here in the nave of Marsh Chapel and hope you'll take a minute to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, passing that book along to your neighbor so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. After service today is our monthly potluck luncheon downstairs in the Marsh Room. We do hope you'll join us there. And some of you may be interested in joining us at 3 p.m. back here in the nave for our annual Blue Christmas service. During the communion service today, we note that there is opportunity for healing stations as well, and there's a note about that in your bulletin. Wednesday is, in fact, the last day of classes, scary as that may be to some of our students preparing for final exams. We uh, will never fear, though. We are here to attend to your spiritual needs as you prepare for those exams and term papers. On Thursday, we will be having our uh, Global Stress Relief Day, hosted by Brittany Longsdorf, our chaplain for international students. Um, we do note that our regular Common Ground service is uh, over for this semester and will begin again next term. Uh, over the course of the weekend, we will be having a study retreat here at Marsh Chapel. If you would like to contextualize your study and your writing and your research uh, in the context of spiritual practice, you may do so by joining us uh, for the study retreat on Saturday and Sunday of next week. More information and registration is available on the chapel website, bu.edu chapel. Next Friday evening at 6 p.m. here in the nave is our annual university service of lessons and carols. We hope to see you then. If you can't make it Friday evening, we will be having the same service here uh, during our regular 11 o'clock Sunday service on Sunday morning, and hope you will join us afterwards for uh, the dean's open house down the street at the castle. Here in the, in the Departments of Ministry, Music, and Hospitality, we do depend on your generous support as we work to bring about the envisioned mission of Marsh Chapel to be a heart for the heart of the city and a service in the service of the city. We hope you will give generously this Advent season, and if you're looking for something particular to give to, you may have noticed that our pews here at Marsh Chapel are somewhat, well, hard. We are interested in purchasing pew cushions and would encourage your giving toward that goal. Uh, you may do so with the red envelopes found along the center aisle of each pew and including them in the offering plates with your regular giving. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
you in whom we live and move and have our being. Bless and multiply these our gifts of money, symbol of our time, our resources, our life energy, and our devotion. And bless and multiply these our gifts of grain and grape, products of earth and air, fire and water, the life energy of plants and animals and humans. So that the giving may become receiving, and the receiving may become giving. In the name of Jesus Christ, and in the lively imagination of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ is always with you. Let us offer one another signs of peace and reconciliation. The Lord is with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right, and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, you who are holy, unity in diversity, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. 
and so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven and giving voice to all creation, we praise your name and join the unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, who you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. In him you scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. In him you put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. In him you fill the hungry with good things and the rich you send empty away. Christ came among us as a servant to be Emmanuel, your presence with us. He lived, ate, slept, laughed, and wept amongst us, and freely accepted death on a cross in solidarity with the oppressed and the marginalized of the world. By the baptism of his life, ministry, suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. We remember how when he sat at supper with his disciples, Christ Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks and blessed it, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Each time you eat this, remember me. Likewise, after supper, he took a cup and when he had given thanks and blessed it, he gave the cup to his disciples and said, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Each time you drink this, remember me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of grain and grape, 
make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit in your servant church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Happy New Year. This is the first communion of the liturgical season of Advent at the beginning of the Christian year. As always, all are welcome at the Lord's table. There is wine in the chalices on the pulpit side and alcohol-free grape juice and the chalices on the lectern side. Gluten-free wafers are also available. Please just ask. And as was mentioned, if you are after partaking of communion, you are moved to prayer for healing in an area of your life which calls for attention. Please join the members of the healing prayer team under the first window in the nave on the pulpit side. There are other invitations in your bulletin, and the ushers will be happy to assist you. Look, the bread of heaven is broken for the life of the world. Look, the cup of salvation is poured out for the life of the world. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep this feast with joy and thanksgiving.
Dearly beloved, let us pray together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 